0: So the version you want of Blade Runner is called the Final Cut.
1: The final, <laughs> and the same <laughs> does not go for the Pink Floyd album. That's the one you don't want. <laughs> yeah, don't deal with that one. Yet. Yeah, that's a real Pink Floyd fan. Yeah,
0: no, that's a Roger Waters fan. That is essentially. Let's look at the first Roger so hey, everybody, welcome to episode 163 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. All right, so. So we have some uh, some AskMTJC. Should I go with this, Jaime, or do you want to go with it?
2: I can roll with the first one. Um, All right, go ahead. So this first one is from Joe Cabrero. He says, sorry, uh, that whole Chevy Nova thing is indeed apocryphal and, and links us to a Snopes.com rumor has it thing where we were talking about the Chevy Nova and its naming, uh, meaning you know doesn't go or won't go, um, selling poorly in Spanish-speaking countries. I guess that's not true according to Snopes here. I guess it's... Uh, no,
0: totally is not true, yeah.
2: Something people say and and it turns out not to be the case so huh. I didn't know that I thought for for years now that that was a, a thing
0: but see that's it's interesting that the in the article that if you read the article in Snopes it says that it's used in lots of marketing literature and are perfect examples of this kind of you know not thinking about their product name examples right and yet it's never been true right but it's it, it continues to be perpetuated by people repeating the story and over and over again which is you know which is one of the things about tropes and things like that that happens right that eventually the myth becomes the truth because people enough people believe it right so interesting thanks joe
2: <laughs> it's actually quite far they even talk about some of the like how you would actually literally translate into spanish which which makes sense like it, i don't think it, i was ever under the impression that it was the literal translation that worked well i think it'd be more like i always thought it was more akin to remember um let me see if i can get this correct through my head experts exchange.com and right yeah yeah penisland.com island.com when you read those out for those of you driving at home, go in and type them into your latest browser. You'll be like, "Wait a minute, this looks like something it shouldn't be." Even though it's not a literal uh, thing where it's literally saying, you know, this incorrect thing. It's more like the human brain fills in the gaps. And so this story or the Chevy noah really felt like, "Oh yeah, that, that sounds like it could be true." Because yeah, even though it's not perfect, it's close enough where people would make fun of it and throw it on Twitter if it was, you know, a modern thing that came out. Right,
0: right. So oh, is this like the rapists or therapists? <laughs> yeah. The, the, <laughs> therapist.com. <laughs> yeah. That, that's it's the like sort of thing
2: that can happen. Right.
0: right. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to find the links. Of, where are my stupid videos? YouTube videos. My God. How do you get to your own videos now? I hate the internet. They keep breaking it.
2: Tim, I, well, I'm looking. Granted, I'm looking at the desktop one, but it's like your second tweet in uh, at Tim Mitra, T-I-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, okay. I got to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two videos, actually. One I published the other day. Okay. Were you guys having an earthquake? or something? No, it's this this is just I, I have a, I have a little nylon bag that I carry some stuff in. Mm-hmm. And I laid the, the, the phone down on top of it and that just and just let it go and that's what it does. Mm-hmm. So that's that's so my point was about like the fact that this thing when I put it down on my car it car roof it actually went like zooming off the car roof, right? Yeah. So a little bit of gravity, you know and,
2: and I, I have a little bit of heartburn calling it zooming. So if you watch these videos, granted they're not very long. Yeah. No, but no I think they could be time lapse photography as an animated gif and it would work better because it's like
0: oozing yeah, it, it, slowly. It, it's, it's zooming like a glacier zooms. I am being empirical here, right? Like I didn't there's no human hands touching this thing. Nobody's blowing on it with you know breath or whatever. There's no strings or whatever connected. This is totally just gravity and the weight of the phone.
2: I understand, this, but this this isn't um this isn't you know <laughs> maple syrup on a warm August day. This is more like yeah. maple syrup somewhere in February, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of making its way down sort of like
0: yeah but watch it to the end though right at the end it just zooms off
2: i mean when it when it reaches the inflection point yes I understand
0: <laughs> okay so so imagine imagine you're sitting at work okay and this is this happens to me all the time right I sit at work and I put my phone down on my on my desk and I turn my head and i, I look at my computer and i you know I'm, I'm working away right meanwhile it's walking off the desk right my like I, I mentioned my iPad pro does this all the time too it also it has these suicide tendencies right anyway so watch the second video that I created we've created this today because Justin and I, Justin and I were talking about Justin. Um, what's his last name again? Ugh, fan of the show, Justin. Where's the second video? Uh, it's a, I it's Yeah, I'm just going to go back to the. uh has music. So Justin Stanley and I were, were tweeting back and forth about this. Uh, in fact, he's just replied to me about this last one, too, that um, he's saying, actually, I recall this happening when I placed my iPhone iPhone screen down on the, my nightstand, right? So in the second video, we – so I took a a, a a Macintosh box and I put it like a slight tilt, maybe, I don't know, two – somewhere, but like maybe five – let's call it five degrees for, for lack of measurement. And I put – we put down an iPhone 7 Plus, right? And we put down the new iPhone 8 Plus right – side-by side and you can see that just like with just you know gravity affecting them uh, it slides off the table you know it's it's a bit slow at first of course you're right I could have used time- lapse but the thing is time lapse if you have like a, a video that's a minute long time lapse kind of goes too fast for you to really see what's going on Apple's time lapse isn't that great have you watched it yep so you can see that it's just uh, it's like you know it starts it's it almost like he almost has to hold it before we start and it just slides off right and then at one point it stopped and I kind of went is it still going and um, and then at the very end it it just leaps right off the end of the box right and you can see yeah, the seven it was weird to that that
1: moved, moved a little bit at first and then it seemed to stop
0: yeah well it then could then be the curve ahead. of the of the cardboard box right yeah it could be yep, yep. but you see if you watch it it just continues to creep forward creep forward and then until it gets to the very edge of the box and just dumps right off right I originally posted this to Instagram which which um, makes the video square so it looks you can't see the whole thing and you can see I, and I went and showed the angle of the box it's not that steep right yeah so is your point that physics works well, what's the point here <laughs> yeah so well it was, so so, so, we got into a bit of an argument with, with Greg, and I posted a, l- a link there on the site. I, I went to theengineeringtoolbox.com to because he he had sort of said there's no such thing as a frictionless surface, which what I said two weeks ago. Um, and I found that you know he was saying, well, the, in the argument they had with me yesterday about it, and it wasn't argument, discussion. You know, I mean, argument in the in the Cartesian sense, um, or is it Aristotle? Aristotle, I forget. My point was that glass has um, it tends to have um, less friction. I guess is the way to say it, and uh, or less, less, um, so anyway, there's a friction coefficient chart on this website that I found that shows that al- aluminum on aluminum has a, co- a clean, on a cl- dry surface, has a, w- a 1.0 friction coefficient, right? Whereas glass on metal has a 0.5. So it's like twice, it's half as slippery as, as aluminum, right? Sure. It would be. Yep. And then the formula there is, you know, F, F equals, uh, what's that? Mu? Mu? How do you say mu? Mu. Yep. Yeah, use the U coefficient N? of friction. Yeah, is it? Yeah, okay.
1: so so the the force down the angle of the plane is
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, mg sine theta, where angle where theta is the angle of the plane, and the force into the plane uh, is just uh, mg cosine theta. So the frictional force, to a, a good approximation, although it is it is definitely an approximation. The frictional force is uh mu times the force into the plane, so it's mu m g cosine theta. so if m g sine theta is greater than m g mu cosine theta, you will get motion down the plane
0: right, and this is what i'm what I'm demonstrating with my little crude experiment is that if I put down an iPhone seven and an iPhone eight go you know, on the same surface, mm-hmm. the iPhone eight will because of the glass back will slip off faster. yes. Right? Absolutely now, expected. Yep. Yeah, and and yep. and I don't know why I had to even make this video. To be <laughs> yeah. I <don't> know, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but apparently, I you know, like people are not buying my my physics uh, explanations. Right? Anyway, but I, I and I should say I did get 90s in physics in high school. I didn't do physics in university, but I, I you know I was on the engineering track. Anyway, but I changed my mind at the last minute. But um, but on it's interesting that on release notes, Joe was talking about the new iPhone 8 and thinking that the glass back iPhone would be easier to hang on to than a metal one. Right? And I don't know if that's necessarily true. What do you think, Mr. Physicist?
1: Well, so metals... Are, there's every different every different metal is a little different. So there's there's something like like uh, aluminum, for example, as a, has a, as soon as it's exposed to air, it, it creates a thick, relatively thick oxide layer. So you right. never actually yep. touch the aluminum; you're touching aluminum oxide, which tends to be kind of rough, right? Aluminum oxide is, yeah. is rough. So right. so that one you would think would have a higher coefficient of friction. Uh, something like gold or silver does not oxidize as well, uh, so that would be more slippery.
0: Okay, right, uh, right.
1: But I don't think you can say just you know a priori. I don't think you can make a general statement glass versus metal because it depends on the the details of each. Yeah.
0: Well, in this case here too, the, I mean, the glass is highly polished in the case of the iPhone 8. And, yeah. and also I should point out that it's actually a painted metal surface on the back of an iPhone 7. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, it's actually the paint that, that would have, you know, yep. a friction yep. coefficient of some type, right? Right, right. But my point was that, that was, that I remember specifically putting my iPhone f- uh, 4 down on surfaces and having it c- kind of try to escape, right? Yep. Cause of, cause of the, uh, the lack of friction or, so is it a higher friction coefficient or lower friction coefficient? Coefficient. If it's a
1: if it's a higher frictional coefficient, it will be less likely to slip.
0: Right. Okay. Right. Right. So, and then if you you know if you put a, your phone in a silicone case or a plastic case, it's, t- it's going to tend to stick around a bit more, right? So, I guess that's how those those um, plastic uh, things you can get for your car window that you you, know, you can stick your phone to it, and and the plastic itself adheres to the glass and to the phone itself and holds it in place. So, I don't know if you've seen those um, you know sort of uh, gadgety sort of things that people sell on you know late. Late night television or the back of the back pages of the free press, as it were. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I have one more. that's that's
2: pretty good. Where um, actually I actually have two different types of these, where they're they have like a sticky sort of surface. So it, beyond just like yeah. a suction cup sort of um, design, it has a sticky surface that is reusable by just like rinsing it with water and letting it dry. Um, I have seen what that thing is called, and it's it's really cool. Like it's 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 kind of scary how it sticks, but it's not it's not glue. It's some sort of super adhesive surface uh, i assume it's like the equivalent of microfiber but for yeah. suction cups right yeah so
1: if it, yeah. if it doesn't leave a residue which it sounds like it doesn't it, it probably is like a, a micro suction thing so it's 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 like it's lots and lots and lots of well they're not suction cups but there's little bubbles of space that are small enough that you can't really see them but but mm-hmm. they're enough that when you stick it on there it creates a, a suction effect and since there's so many uh it's it, it's enough to hold the phone there. And i'm guessing i i don't know exactly how they work but it sounds like that's how
0: Well, that's my story about fiction or friction. Friction. Yeah. No.
1: (laughs) Jim, I think you win this argument. I don't know why there's. Thank you very much,
0: Dr. Mark Rubin, (laughs) PhD, engineering physicist guy. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll have to try this out
2: um, next time I see you in person, Tim, to, to try to feel the difference. But I'm to throw something. I, I don't know if they throw anything on the on the glass back coating. But if you take a 7 Plus and rub your fingers on the glass and the back at the same time and then switch, you can feel the glass catch a little bit. And I don't know how much the oleophobic coating they have on here makes a difference. Uh, mm-hmm. Do they have anything like that on the 8 Plus back? Because what you did was you showed, let's take this, what is it, like a MacBook Pro or something in the background like, or an iPad box or something? Yeah, let's it's Box, it's a, it's a, a Mac, some, 20,
0: 2016 MacBook Pro 15-inch touch bar Mac <laughs> right. box. Um, and, and that's fine. Somehow, I, I think okay. the, the type of
1: box doesn't matter so much. Oh, that, okay. That's,
0: that's just, I just want to make yeah. sure that so the purists out there aren't, you know, questioning yeah, you my control. You want to make sure that right? the
1: that the uh, experiment is repeatable to any any lab yeah. out there that might want to try to
2: repeat it. Yeah, you know, and one, and it, a lot of people I, I, questioning your results. That's right. That's right.
1: You know, it's like it's <laughs> like peer review. You know, you got to make sure that it's repeatable that makes
0: sense so I I was so confident I don't think it mattered what kind of box I used to be honest (laughs) with you unless you got a frictionless box well I had to use something bigger than than the little nylon bag I was using the other day because I couldn't put I couldn't fit these phones are so big I couldn't fit them both on the same bag right um but just to answer your question, Jaime, I think that the. Uh, by the way, and I think we discussed uh, cases with with uh, Alex Andrews and, and Justin Stanley as well in Twitter. But I I currently have a leather the Apple leather um, uh, case on my my iPhone six plus plus. I also put on the you know the protective uh, anti glare plastic on the front to protect the glass and also to stop the glare right because I, I don't like the glary screens. But that said, the the iPhone eight plus, but which by the way I received last week, and I guess that's I guess that's the real. Story, um, but it. Um, I think the glass is the same on the back as it is on the front. Like, like there's no real difference, discernible difference between the glass on the front of the phone or the actual screen that you, you know, the touchscreen that you use on the front. Very similar types of glass. And I think that Phil, it was Phil, right, who said that the it's stainless steel backed glass. Like, I think the behind the glass itself is a stain, is a, a stainless steel case, right? Didn't he say that? No, I guess that can't be true because but you wouldn't you wouldn't, you wouldn't edges, touch right? um,
2: you wouldn't touch that
0: part. Part, right. Like right. It, it's glass well, no, but and the, the whole the whole, wire, but the whole Wi-Fi or wireless charge sorry bit of a little that you know the induction of the coils could of through the bit of the coils could of through the the surface glass makes more of the it's right? So glass makes more sense right it's probably more trans- transparent that way, right? Right. So I guess my my contention of a um,
2: without the tried this, so I've never really found the six plus or the seven plus to be all that slippery, like it, right. as no. is claimed on a that like of oh a gosh, it's of if you took a bar so and, you know, infused it with Teflon and coated it with butter, um, <laughs> really? it's impossible to hold this phone. I'm like, all right, yeah, I could see that if I really tried pressing hard on the rounded edges, it's kind of more slippery. But I do notice a difference between how my finger oils and my fingerprint is interacting with the glass versus the aluminum. And the aluminum feels more slick to me than the glass does. And I kind of wonder if if the back of, of the iPhone 8 Plus might feel the same way in hand, um, granted with the test we just saw, right?
0: That Feels like it's glass on both sides. Like, there's, there's no question about that. I mean, I'm not going to get right. No, but I mean, the, like, the, the tackiness of it and like how Like, the Spider Man little differ. thingy finger sticky thing is sticking on my fingers. That doesn't happen. But, but, um, what I was going to say. Oh, but the other thing, don't forget, on the iPhone 7 Plus, it's also painted aluminum. So, again, you're you're not touching the aluminum or the metal back. You're touching paint.
2: So, the or some the, sort of the, the, paint. the jet black or um, space gray ones might be. I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case with the silver one. I actually don't know. If it's got a you paint. It's a very fine paint, and probably a little it is. Bit different uh, than the, I mean, I the mean, other ones,
0: like the aluminum Macs, I don't think they're paint. They may be coated, but I don't think they're painted. But but the old, remember the old titanium Mac? <laughs> remember the, the, the otherwise known as Tybuk? That's actually painted. Like the the color of the that the paint would wear off after a while, after you no know, hours and hours of abuse, right? And um, and then you would get to the, the actual raw titanium itself underneath, right? But I th- I think that I'm pretty sure that the I may be wrong. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the the whole space gray rose gold and um black jet black and the and the, the flat black are are painted surfaces on, on the aluminum right
2: i wonder if they differ though so maybe you should redo your experiment with a rose gold one and uh, you know different colors
0: i know that we don't have a jet black, a black one off. we don't have a jet black one so at the office mm-hmm. so but anyway i mean
2: Double check the I, surface and everything. Make sure you know we, we, we got to read your research paper here, Tim. To, to Mark's point about reproducibility, like for all we know, the half that you had the uh, the A plus on, um, no no ill maybe intention. No, but it maybe, may have
0: been oiled surface. Maybe I put some maple syrup on or something. To oil no it
2: no out. no. Yeah. Maybe you were like, oh let's do this thing. Ah let's do it after lunch. All right. And you went to KFC and now you've come back with the finger you know finger liquor finger looking good chicken grease on on that one half that you
0: picked up the box. So the other the other the other control factor here is that you'll notice it wasn't my hands putting the thing down because Jay Kumar, my assistant, did that, right? So, And you can tell because he's not wearing an Apple Watch. So we, we did a real empirical five-minute experiment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, All right, anyway. so the seven has a a pretty uh, extensive, or the seven plus has a pretty extensive protrusion at the back where the camera is. Does the eight plus have the same thing? Is yes, it, same it does.
0: It does. Yes. Yeah.
1: Exactly the same height of
0: it. I kind of wondered if that maybe it's saving grace the eight itself in the, in fact that it's got that protrusion that may slow down, may may create some drag on it as it's sliding off the desk, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. The, the other thing <laughs> is where I'm differing in terms of like how does it feel in the hand versus how does it work on this inclined plane is. Didn't we mention that the eight plus was the heaviest one? So it, it's it is, a little bit yes. heavier than the seven plus.
0: Right, right, yeah. We're we're not building uh, what are those soapbox uh, derby cars, right?
2: I mean, I'm looking at this equation right here. That N is for newtons, right? So the newton value is higher slightly. Te- at technically, least.
1: the N is for normal force, but ah. it's measured in newtons. Okay, okay. Well, hmm. Normal force means the, the force in the direction perpendicular to the plane,
0: right? Which is otherwise known as gravity in this case, right? No, not exactly, because you're at an angle. It's gravity, but it's offset. By, oh, by the Proximity, yeah. the... right? Okay, well, good to know. Let's uh, let's move on with this podcast. we probably wasted way too much time on this part of it. <laughs> this contentious topic.
1: Should we talk about quantum mechanics next? <laughs> apparently, apparently,
0: yeah. So, just uh, we have some follow up items here. One, the first one is that uh, we talked about uh, imagination. Who were the people who were one of the companies that was making GPUs for Apple? And when Apple announced, uh, I guess six months ago, when did they first announce this that they were building their own GPU? All of a sudden, without letting their their vendor know. So, um, imagination stock started to, to dive. They lost seventy percent of its value uh, almost immediately, I guess, and to the point where now they've put themselves up for sale, and they're being bought by a Japanese uh, manufacturer. So that we talked about, uh, they're going to be sold for five hundred fifty million pounds in in this story here, which is from I think the UK and uh, from Engadget. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that we talked about the, the repercussions of you know dealing with with an Apple and uh, what can happen with that, right?
1: Yeah, I actually think it's a it's a Chinese company. Right, just find them. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which could cause issues. They're talking about uh, um, Donald Trump blocked uh, another similar type of purchase of lattice uh, semiconductor, but
1: that's that's a U.S. chip maker, which right, obviously the, the U.S. government can block, but they can't really block a, a U.K. company being purchased by. Oh, so like that's a,
0: why U.K. Right, right. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. So I don't think that's an issue. now the, UK, the government of the U.K. could do
0: the block. Sure, right, right. But they're too busy with Brexit right now. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that was our follow up. On those guys. Um, what else we got? Yeah, so I found an article uh, today. Carol's actually trying to. Sh- Carol tends to leave the newspaper open because she, she knows I don't read the newspaper. She left it open for me to, to stumble across this story, but it was actually another one, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, that she wanted me to, to see. But um, just following up on what we talked about the other day with the price of the phones being um, more expensive and because of the increase in price of parts. Um, but if you read through this article, it seems like Apple is. It's kind of still the cost—the bill—the cost of uh, to make a, a phone to the, in terms of parts is around 35 percent of the sales price, uh, the bill of materials, I should say. Um, and yet they they raised the price by uh, fifty dollars, I believe. Um, but we talked about that last week. This is an article that was by Mark Gurman in uh, Bloomberg about uh, the increase in prices between last year's phones and this year's phones.
2: So it looks like it's largely a wash in terms of like their price, their costs went up, and it roughly matches the the pricing. That they had is that the, the TLDR on this. Yeah, uh, it says that the iPhone eight bill of materials equals about thirty five percent of the sales price, which is about the same as last year.
0: Right, right. So the increase in price, yeah. So Apple's not losing Apple's not losing any any of the profit margin. Oh, I mean, mind you, we haven't sort of calculated to this the, the cost to manufacture because this is just the parts, right? You still have to assemble them and engineer them and you know build a, build the tooling for die cutters and all that kind of stuff, right? And then have people assemble, assemble them as well. And we don't know what those costs are really. We can only guess. But I, I as I'm reminded by an image here on this uh, chart, they've got the Apple um, stock price. I don't know if you noticed, Mark, in the last three or four days that the Apple stock price has continued to go down.
1: Well, this chart is from a couple of days ago. It's actually come up since then. Oh, has it? Good. But it's, but it's down from the peak for sure.
0: But but didn't you, I think you also said that everything was kind of down in the same sense, right? Uh, last week's stuff was, I haven't really looked at it, out. let me see. Let's go to the stock app. Well, I guess an interesting take would be how
2: is it since the announcement, uh, well, and maybe was, the, and maybe the day pro- day or two prior when we found out like what the announcements were going to be. Because uh, there's been a lot of uh, at best neutral and and largely doom and gloom sort of stuff in t- in terms of investor side of like, well, uh, supply might be really tight for the iPhone 10. Um, right, and
0: well, but it's and also since, the iPhone, the Apple Watch story about the fact that the LTE things we created a bunch of rumor buzz, right?
2: Yeah, that was rather. Unfortun- unfortunate that they had that uh, LTE connection problem for uh, you know a brand new revision to a product. So we, there's been some missteps that would potentially spook investors. So I'd be interested to see what that looks like. Yeah,
1: so I'm looking at a one month chart and in, within the past month it hit a peak a local peak of around 164 and that was uh kind of right the end of august beginning of september uh and it's been drifting down sort of slowly since then and the, the bottom was that one you're showing uh, on september 25th or maybe right, the yeah. six at about 150 and it looks like it hit a hit a bottom at 150 and now it's back up there 154 it's been creeping Ooh. up uh in, since since uh last couple days since that. Since so these that are bottom. these
0: are points or dollars? These are dollars. Dollars right?
1: dollars. Yeah.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's still down ten dollars, right? But I guess it's not a lot. From
1: peak, yeah. But you know, at $164, 10 percent or or sorry, ten dollars is is uh you know just over five percent it's not that down. Um, Right, right. Is it five percent or is it? Like One hundred sixteen dollars would be ten percent. So yeah, it's like it's it's uh yeah, just over five percent. Yeah, it's
0: not a huge. And job. it says that the return uh, in this chart here, looking at it from a couple of days ago, that the return potential is still plus seventeen point eight five percent. So which is probably better than most savings accounts, right?
1: Uh, for sure, that's better than most savings accounts. Yeah, yeah for
0: sure. <laughs> so Maybe it's still better. a must. Still, a, still a good buy. I think savings accounts are like point one percent these days. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It used to be a lot higher, but yeah, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, the re- the return potential is a pretty speculative thing. Uh, they're just kind of guessing what yeah. the what the stock's going to do over the next year. That's you know, I wouldn't put too much stock in that.
0: Yeah. So do you? I re- I read something the other day that they were saying that Apple could um, break the next level. Um, Was it two hundred dollars? I think. um, do you think apple would do that or, well, it's, not, or do you... it's not
1: it's not it's not two hundred dollars so uh, are they talking about from a technical analysis point of view where which is not maybe what most people think that means from the name mm-hmm. uh so there's kind of this is a very broad thing but there's sort of two different ways that people evaluate stocks one is fundamental analysis where where they look at you know, how the company is doing and and uh what the projections for the, for the company's growth are going to be uh and, and that's sort of a, a pretty realistic way of looking at what a stock's going to do but then there's called technical analysis which has nothing to do with the technical aspect of the stock it's 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 all about charts and people look for patterns in the charts and if they see certain patterns they predict that it's going to go up you know and there's things like support levels where if the stock goes down and then kind of curves and hits sort of a local bottom at a point that's, that's a technical support level uh, and then there's um, I I forget what the what at the top is, but you know, if it if it hits if it hits, sometimes there'll be a top level, which is sort of the, the highest it's been in a while, and, and a lot of times the stock will hit that and then come down and then hit it again and then eventually break through. And if it breaks through going up, according to the technical analysis people, when it breaks through going up, it could go up a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh resistance level is what it's called. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, now, you know, the technical analysis stuff, a lot of people believe in it and and you know, it sort of works, I think, in in a lot of cases, but it's kind of voodoo you know i mean it's you're looking at patterns and charts and it's very subjective
0: right
1: right and it's not really based on anything except kind of in some sense a you know a, a, a herd mentality where if enough people think when you see this pattern in the stock that it's going to do a certain thing and they act on that it sort of makes the stock do that kind of thing right yeah. right so so it's not really anything fundamental about the company or about the or about the uh, the, the the you know the macro economy or anything like that so in general fundamental analysis I, I think is more realistic for long term stuff although technical analysis might be good short term but people have written entire books about this stuff so sure yeah
0: yeah it's a bit and, of a black yeah black and,
1: magic, I and don't and to everyone out there don't listen to me talk to your financial <laughs> advisor before making any stock purchases or sales
0: yeah time time time, time for the next disclaimer the
1: legal, the legal <laughs> disclaimer that's right
0: yeah every, everything we see on here is for entertainment
2: purposes only exactly So if you lose your house um, uh, your dog leaves you bites you and you know you end up in Guantanamo bay those are all on you and not on our advice
0: right right right
2: your
1: dog leaves oh, okay. your
0: spouse bites you. right? <laughs> sure. last follow-up item is, has to do with the whole electric car. Um, I, I don't know if you heard that Dyson has decided to get into uh, building electric cars, and they're going to do it on their own. Um, Dyson had been claimed to be working on a secret project for the last uh, year or so, and he had to come out, James Dyson had to come out and say what the, the project was because they've been having a hard time getting uh, talent to join the company to help them on this endeavor. So, um, uh, they say that they had to come out and uh, say what the story was, and they're building an electric car. So you know they make great vacuum cleaners and fans and stuff like that. So maybe they'll be able to pull off the electric car. And, and I think that a lot of I think the story I was listening to on um, Bloomberg again today was that there's a lot of um, everybody's getting into the into the car game right now. So interesting to see what Dyson can do with it. And they're not partnering with another manufacturer, right? So or have no, yes, yeah. They're, so Volkswagen, Daimler, Chrysler, uh, Toyota, and even. Elon Musk with the t- with Tesla are getting involved in this. So it could be interesting.
1: Well, yeah, I mean I think it's it's looking at the way the industry is, it's no no shock that that the world is moving towards electric vehicles. So the more competition, probably the better. Better for everyone.
0: Right, right. Mark so what do you think? Um
2: of? what do you what do you know about batteries? Because um it mentions here in that same paragraph that Tim was talking about for the other competitors, it says while most other companies are using lithium ion, Dyson said it's gonna be using solid state that are smaller, more efficient, easier to charge, and potentially easier to recycle. Huh. Apparently Toyota is doing the same. Like yeah. you, what, what's, I don't understand the difference there other than what they literally describe. Like what's, uh, what's the big deal about solid state batteries? What does that even mean?
1: Well, a lithium ion battery, I, I'm not an expert on this stuff by any means, but a lithium ion battery is a, it's a chemical battery. So, so it's, you know, there's, there's a chemical reaction going on inside the box. Uh, And when you charge it, you're basically just moving a bunch of ions from one side to the other and then and then as they move back that's the that generates the electric current. Uh with a solid state battery, I know of a couple of things that people have done, but I don't know exactly sure what they're what they mean here. Uh but in general it's it's better, uh because there's you know, you're not moving chemicals around and and, uh it's probably more reliable and lasts longer. But I don't know more I don't know too much more about it than that.
0: What I had heard today it was apparently nobody's nobody's actually come up with a, a workable solid state battery, and that's what they were hoping that if Dyson can pull it off, that would be good, great for the industry, right? Mm, yep. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: As a quick quick aside, non sequitur subject change. Uh, I just got a little thing popping up my screen. Apparently, Hugh Hefner just died.
0: No way. Yep. Oh wow. 90,
1: Ninety-one years old.
0: Wow. Wow. Oh. The end of an era. Real time follow.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, strange kind of icon that guy.
1: Yeah, well, changed the world for sure. Just changed the you know the attitudes of of the culture. Uh, made a more made for a more open culture. Um, things you can you can do things that that uh, you couldn't do before, and talk about things that you couldn't do before. Uh, and I think in general that's a positive thing. Although you know that you can always find particular things that 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 were negatives about it potentially, but in general More openness and and, and, uh, more freedom is is better.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah. And I suppose that that, the Playboy money kind of went behind a lot of uh, interesting movements and developments and inventions and things over the years, too. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's move on to. uh a new facet of technology and talk about Face ID security guide. I mean,
2: yes, this was just released by Apple. I think it was today as of this recording. Uh, it's a white paper from Apple that describes um, at kind of a high level how Face ID security works. So the interplay between Face ID and passcodes, which I found kind of interesting because I think a lot of us have sort of notionally known that Touch ID as an analogy is seems like if you haven't unlocked your phone <laughs> for about 48 hours, it requires the passcode. I think this next bullet point here is the one that greg and i run into which is if the passcode hasn't been on un- used to unlock the device in the last 156 hours which is six and a half days and face id has not unlocked the device in the last four hours i think that's the root cause of the seemingly random but yet somewhat regular event where like huh i wonder why it's requiring my passcode like i obviously just used this thing before i went to bed that's less than 48 hours and i think that's what ends up happening to me so that, that's more of an aside and a, a little bit of follow-up for greg uh, but it describes how. Um, you can use the um, power off or emergency SOS to, to trigger like saying, all right, no longer allow face ID uh, require the passcode. In this case, uh, people are interested in that for for various sort of like um, well, SOS kind of reasons, right? You know, whether you're, you're crossing international borders or you're running into uh, law enforcement and you want to make sure that nobody can use face ID to unlock your, your device. Uh, this describes that. It also talks a little bit about how some of the recognition works. So, um, um, says here that the true depth camera projects and reads over 30,000 infrared dots to form a depth map of the face and also uses a two-dimensional infrared image, which I guess in my head is kind of like predator vision, um, sort of looking <laughs> at your face, <laughs> right? And I guess it uses those in combination to do a lot of the things where they say, oh, this is why it won't work with a uh, a flat picture of you, which is, you know, or a video, which is fairly common for people to use and, and other mechanisms that, uh, that can fail. Uh, and also, apparently, why it won't work with those Hollywood style masks that we were talking about um, because it presumably wouldn't pass the... Uh, it might pass the depth map, but it wouldn't pass the 2D infrared image part because your, your face would right, heat up yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. And, and there's more stuff here, a little bit talking about how it's going to work in concert with um, Apple Pay and a little bit of how the neural networks work over time and how it can be adjusted. A um, little bit about diagnostics. Apparently you can elect to choose into to adding some sort of diagnostics mode that will send apple some information but otherwise they're very clear here that this data stays in the secure enclave on the device it's not sent to icloud it's not backed up in any way transmitted in any way so while that does have the effect that if like whoops i've dropped this phone into the grand canyon and it's destroyed let me go get another one it's not as convenient to go in and say okay great face id set up it also means that it's not sort of crackable in the way that having something in a centralized resource would be so you don't have to worry like oh no you know somebody's gained access to icloud it's like well okay but it's still have to have access to my physical device if they wanted to retrieve the uh, biometric information from it. So I thought it was, thought it was pretty cool. It's a pretty, pretty quick-ish read. It's six pages. It's sure. not super dense. Uh, so it's not like the machine learning um, blog post that we've uh, we've shared before. But it's still pretty insightful, I think, for answering some of the questions of how this works. Um,
0: so that's interesting what you said uh, uh, in one, the last bullet point about, the, uh, about turning on the emergency SOS mode. Um, I didn't know you just have to hold down the volume and side button and simultaneously to do that. But once you've done that, they can't force you to use your finger or whatever to unlock the phone, right? Or your face ID.
2: Well, you so. would you would have to go use your passcode.
0: Right, right. right?
2: So that's a slight that tangent, is. but it, but that is something that's coming up. I don't know what's going on in Canada or internationally, but in the United States, this is being dealt with at the court level. And I assume eventually it will be dealt with at the Supreme Court level as to whether, you know, what sort of uh, Fifth Amendment type rights would you have regarding mm-hmm. these sorts of things? Right. So normally in the United States, if, you know, if police arrest me and they find some keys in my pocket they they're like, well, maybe this is the set of keys that opens the garage shed where all the drugs are. Right. So they might have a reasonable way to take the key and and, and try to see, does it open up this lock? Right. right. Um, fingerprints have generally have so far seemed to be treated like keys and that it's something you have. You're not uh, necessarily divulging things, you know, which is something that our Fifth Amendment allows you to say, like, I, I do not want to speak. I choose Choose not to speak, right? You right. can't extract things out of me. Uh, where passcodes tend to fall into that latter bit of like, I know a passcode, you can't force me to divulge a passcode because that's violating possibly the, my First Amendment freedom of speech rights and definitely violating my Fifth Amendment uh, right to remain silent rights. Um, biometrics like Face ID and Touch ID so far seem to have been treated more like physical keys that they can clearly see that you have.
0: Right. So uh, just a question on, the, on the, the Fifth Amendment, First Amendment stuff. Does that protect other people from other countries? Or, like, it doesn't does protect I mean? us
2: from, from, you know, the Canadian government has different feelings and I'm in Canada. You better believe like I'm being treated under Canadian law um, and Canadians coming into the United States would be treated under U.S. law for that. Um, mm-hmm. I know borders are a little bit different and, and I don't pretend to know enough about what's going on there, but it there is not yet the solidified legal precedent as to, you know, what do these different rights um, and what do these different needs for the law enforcement side, how do they work in the modern era where what do you consider your papers and effects and what do you consider things about you that you should not be required to divulge is not yet solidified. And I think that's what Apple is addressing here of like, look, we're not picking a particular side, but like if you feel like you would prefer to not have somebody point face ID at your face or be able to take your finger and put it on the touch ID to see if it unlocks your phone, you have an option here to at least force the passcode Route, which again, I'm not a lawyer, and maybe a court can force you to do that. Um, but unless they beat it out of you, you can choose not to follow the law, right?
0: But that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that till you just till you just just said what you just said, which was let's suppose I'm with I'm with a bad guy, right? And and he grabs my phone. He just has to point the phone at my face to open my phone.
2: Well, right? not quite. As they describe here, it has to have your attention. So
0: yes, so, I'm so if sure I make there a is... goofy face and stick my tongue out to the side. It, it'll, yeah, well, because
1: he, he could hold a gun to your head and say, "Pay attention to your phone," and force you to open the phone.
0: That's what I'm saying, right? So, yeah. whereas you know, he can't cut my finger off and use my finger. Like we have, we have an alarm system here at our house, and and one of the things we we can do is we have a code that we program so that when you know my wife or I punch in the code, they know it's us, and we give another code out to our friends and family, right, um, so that you know the security guards know who's coming and going, kind of thing, right? But there's also a panic code that we can put in that will turn off the the alarm right as it and it'll you know as if as if it's turning it off but it'll silently call them because somebody's holding a gun to our head so there's, there's a gun to our head code that we can punch in right um, you know so for, so the bad guys who want to get into my house and steal my you know I don't know what they want to steal here for you know my my classic Mac collection um, and my Star Wars comic books you know but uh, they what you know by punching this other code I can do that but like there's no sort of face combination where you know you can wink with one eye while your tongue sticking out to the left so that the phone knows that you're actually being held hostage here, right? <laughs> you know that, that? That's
2: an interesting scenario you've painted there, Tim. Um, and you're right. So the way I look at things like Touch ID and Face ID is not that they are the end-all, be-all best solution for security. In most cases... They're for convenience, for, right? For that sort of thing. Yeah. It, convenience but with a great amount of security in terms of the alternative to to this would be either using a passcode all the time, right? Which uh, has, unfortunately, the the defect of people can see you typing in that passcode, regardless of how long it is, right? I was like, oh, right, there's yeah. Tim sitting there eating a sandwich. Oh, he's, he wants to see the latest news on Engadget. Well, let me just sit here out of his immediate view and uh, take a little video, probably even with my iPhone, considering how good they're getting with the, the <laughs> optical zoom. Like, oh, there it is. I see exactly what he typed in, right? So now I've gotten access uh, to your phone if, if you leave it on the bench to go throw away the wrapper to your sandwich or something. Um, right, right. Or maybe you've decided, like, oh, man, like, this is just so inconvenient that I don't even bother with a passcode, which many people I know who don't have Touch ID enabled devices do. I mean, it it right, bothers yeah. me. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you have an alternative here. Like, this is so easy. Yes, it's not going to stop somebody holding a gun to your head. No, it's not going to stop somebody uh, like you know uh, a state actor. Like, it's not going to stop the NSA or the KGB or you know whatever the equivalent is for North Korea. Like, those actors will be able to get in um, random. But if people, you don't add a pa- if you so don't much. add
0: a passcode to your phone, it doesn't encrypt the data on the phone. You have to have a Passcode—that's your key to, to encrypt the data on the phone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know it's kind of equivalent to you can leave the door of your house open and then That's anyone true. can walk in and steal stuff, or you can lock your door and then on it's the not going to stop it. someone who really wants to get into your house from breaking yeah, into your house yeah. and, and stealing all your stuff. It just That's makes true. it harder for them, and and it's 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 probably more. It adds enough security that that you know your average uh, you know ne'er do well walking down the street isn't going to walk in your house. And he's going to go
0: to the house next door who doesn't have the alarm force stickers on his door. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it's the same thing with your phone, right? If someone really, really, really wants to break in your phone to the extent of holding a gun in your head and having you look in your, in your, uh, in your face ID, well, you know, you're not going to stop them. So, and it's not really meant for that. It is an interesting thing about the legal issues. That, uh, I think it's actually the fourth amendment, the search and seizure stuff that, that says you know the, the government needs a a warrant to come in and search your, or, or probable cause to come in and search your house for something. Uh, they can't just walk in off the street for no apparent reason. Uh, and with the phone, though, uh, unless you give them the passcode, then even with a warrant, they can't get in, which is, that was the same issue of that came up with Apple not too long ago and terrorists, right? Uh, the government wanted to get in. They had all the legal uh, warrants to get in, but it was encrypted, so they couldn't get it so it's it's actually it's it's a interesting twist on that uh can they if they have a warrant, can they demand can they force you to give up your password to get into the phone
0: right right mm mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm doing a real time follow up here on whether the Constitution protects non citizens according to a judgment in january of twenty seventeen it does yeah but, but yeah yeah
1: that's that's exactly why. I mean, this is kind of an extreme. That's why the Guantanamo Bay prison is not in the U.S. Oh, really? Because if it was in the U.S., then all of the protections of habeas corpus and all that about keeping prisoners without trial would not be allowed by the Constitution. But since it's overseas and they're not citizens... Then it's allowed.
0: Yeah. So according to this, where foreign foreign people in the country, even elect even if they're arrested, are still you know have the right to due process and are protected on the Fifth and Sixth Amendments. Mm-hmm. So whatever the sixth, I don't know what the Sixth Amendment is. The Fifth one is I don't have, I don't have, I you know reserve the right to exercise my Fifth right, right Amendment and not say anything, right?
1: Sixth Amendment is right to a speedy trial and public oh,
0: okay. and impartial jury and not. Have to look that one. Right. Right. Did I tell you guys I was on jury duty a couple of weeks ago? No. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, no. I was, I was. I got called in again. I think. I think the first year we were on this show, where I got called in. I guess my three years were up. So yeah, I was in there for, for there for a couple of days, It was kind of interesting. I actually went into a courtroom and went through a jury selection process. And it's, you, as a Canadian citizen, that's one of the the privileges of being a Canadian citizen, or sorry, I guess one of the the costs of it is you have to go and uh, participate in the in the judicial system if you're called upon to do so. Yeah. Which is better than get sent off to war, right? Yeah. All right. Speed, do you have to which, wear one of those
1: wigs with the curly No, there?
0: they don't no. do that, but they, they do have they do have that whole sort of like the, the uh the guy who's um the uh, I guess the prosecutor, as you would call it in the States, is, is referred to as the crown. Mm. And uh, the defendant lawyer's defendant is the defense lawyer. So defense and crown. So, yeah. But it's all this sort of like really formal, you know, repetitive stuff. So fortunately, I didn't get picked for this uh, for a trial. Otherwise, I might still be there. Anywho, um, so Jaime, you got something here about uh, Amazon and then some big announcement they had today, yesterday, today?
2: Yeah, some quick hits here about this surprise announcement that... um oh, it wasn't planned. They certainly didn't send out an invitation like you know, we're used to getting for the, the Apple events. Uh, in this case, um, I guess they just said, hey, by the way, uh, you should show up today at like 10 p.m. i sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific time, I think is roughly time. Um, and they did an, like a surprise launch of uh, a whole bunch of additions to their hardware, predominantly focused on their Echo line of uh, voice controlled assistance. Uh, they came out with the Echo Spot, which is a uh, their take on an alarm clock. So it's sort of like, um, I don't know, it's like a little hammock. Sphere, I guess you can, you can put it here. It's got a a little screen on it and has Amazon's Alexa assistant integrated on there. Uh, it can do video calls and stuff. So it's like an echo show, which has a screen that can do the video calls, but like, as if it had a baby, right? That's sort of, you can imagine that. Uh, they, they upgraded, they did something interesting with the mainline echoes, the, the cylinders. They created a plus version. Um, that's the same size and rough shape as the original, but is being used to push their whole smart home hub initiative with Uh, the Zigbee Internet of Things integration. And they're pushing the fact that it it comes with a Philips Hue Hue smart light bulb in every box. So really pushing that whole idea of Mm. uh, automating the home. And they're apparently going to add uh, multiple events to a routine. So very similar to what I think you can do with the scenes in HomeKit, where you can say, you know, um, give early Echo, good morning, and it will, you know, turn on the lights. And they say here, open a window shade, get the weather, start a tea kettle to start boiling, that sort of thing. Uh, sort of the uh, pre-programmed sort of thing. Uh, They came out uh, with a uh, new and smaller version of the Echo that um, will retail for $99 and have uh, it'll offer multi-room audio uh, very similar to what you can see people doing with uh, the Google Home and and Chromecast and Chromecast audio sort of setup and with some new wood and cloth finishes. Uh, So something that looks uh, a little bit more aesthetically pleasing than the sort of techie feel that the Echoes tend to have. You know, it's sort of like a, a very deep black and like a gunmetal gray sort of look. And then they kind of weirdly came out with these things called Echo Buttons that are apparently used for people to use to play games uh, somehow, I guess, related to to assistant skills. So I'm guessing like Jeopardy style buzzer sort of games or um, Family Feud style games where the first one to hit the button and answer the question wins sort of thing. Um, And they also updated the Fire TV, which already had uh, 4K support, but now supports uh, 4K HDR video uh, and has Dolby Atmos integration, which... I believe the new Apple TVs do not have uh, Dolby Atmos. Uh, and that's coming in at the low, low price of $69, which is well below the entry level price of 179 And when I look at the other Echo stuff here, uh, one, of these, one of these comes with enhanced uh, audio that's intended to be um, more of a competitor with that Sonos type experience. I don't know that anybody's claimed that it's as good as that, so I don't know that it will be as good as the HomePod, but right now they're offering this deal where you can get three of these things for like two fifty or or, or two ninety nine or something, so you can get three of these darn things for fifty dollars less than a singular HomePod, which is I think going to make it interesting and challenging for uh, for Apple as they enter this space, and for us as developers to figure out like who are we going to put our our money behind, right? And and uh, do we become sort of horizontally integrated? Well, well, I've got this app that uh, connects to this Internet of Things device, and oh uh, yeah, I, I I offer everything. I can support the Google Assistant. I can support Amazon Alexa. I can support uh Apple Siri if that should wow. become available to developers um something to keep an eye on I think as we we move forward in the industry.
0: So when are we expecting the Apple hub what's it called again? The Home Pod, Pod. Uh, HomePod in
2: December I think they said the last time? Right, right. And it's and it's been a while since they've they've talked about it at WWDC. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And so do you have some of these Alexa things Jaime?
2: I have the Echo Dot which is um which was my primary one. It's a small $49 one. Um that migrated into my kitchen as we upgraded to the echo show and that's the main one now in the living room where the dot used to be mm-hmm. and um in looking at these some of the you know some of these seem pretty nice um i don't know that given that what i already have that i would necessarily run out and replace what i have um i think it'll be very kind of a similar decision with google supposed to be coming out uh, about a week from now supposed to be coming out with some updates to the google home including a a very small like a micro edition of the google home very similar to the Amazon Echo Dot. In size. It's kind of more like a, like a pebble that you might put in your hand, like a river pebble you might put in your hand. Given the way that I use these things, I don't know that I would run out and add them. I'm, I'm not adding assistance to every room. It's largely kept in my my living room and and uh, kitchen areas because those are the areas where I get the most utility. And there is also an aspect of privacy that I don't know how comfortable I feel having a video camera right there in the bedroom, for example. Right. So um, I know there are folks who are a little bit more open to that, but that's my usage. And, and so I think what we have here is uh, Amazon for sure has has gone all in on trying to get its Alexa assistant into everybody's hands. Um, and they're essentially offering an Echo for every possible need that somebody might have. So if you say, oh, I want something that's really good at video calling. Great. Get an Echo show. Oh, I just need something cheap. Great. Get an Echo dot. Oh, I wanted to use it more like an alarm clock. I'm only going to use it in my bedroom. All right. Well, get an Echo spot. Oh, I'm interested in 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 fashion and I want to keep track of what I'm doing and, and see other bits uh the comparison. Great. Get an Echo look. Like you just go on and on and on down these. And I think it's their attempt at capturing um, a market that nobody really, really has solid yet, considering that they they completely missed the boat when it comes to uh, mobile devices, right? That's owned by Apple and it's owned by Google. Microsoft got pushed out, right? And, and Amazon attempted and failed and got pushed out completely. So I think here they're trying to say, all right, we managed to hold that. We're going to hold on to the voice assistant based space and also sort of like the home integration-based space. Like, that's Well, this, also, this also ties
0: into their their ability for people to purchase whatever they their research on their system, right? I heard that mentioned on on the Bloomberg article earlier today was that, you know, it doesn't hurt that, you know, that once you find something or product or whatever through using the Echo, you can just say, hey, get me one, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, it'll you're it'll re- reordering, you. re-ordering
2: yeah. things, you know, like, oh, um, looks like we're running out of paper towels. And like just while I'm still cooking, like, hey, uh, add this to the shopping list. Or 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 right. order me some directly. I, I tend to not use that too often, but it's pretty useful. Um, and it is a strategy that helps drive you know more revenue, which is something that Amazon's absolutely interested in. And they don't really have a phone to push that sort of stuff towards you, right? Like we've talked about Apple's burgeoning services system, which is great because they own the platform; and they can do that sort of thing. Uh, Amazon can't, right? Yeah. Um, you do probably this, Sorry,
1: sorry. You do have to wonder if it's if it's listening to your conversations and and sending ads based on things you talk about even though you don't necessarily have you don't necessarily think you're talking to the to the uh, device you know for example say i really say wish i had a black porsche <laughs> yeah right right or if you're in the kitchen say like, oh we're out of paper towels uh, will you get next time you go to amazon will you get an ad for paper towels or something
2: like that right yeah Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that's an interesting caveat for people to be aware of yeah. um, i guess to answer that because people on the show uh, listening at home will probably wonder as described by amazon and as far as everybody's been able to verify so far by, um, you know, sniffing traffic over the wire on networks to see what it's doing. It seems as though what they say is correct, that it has a small buffer on the device that's continuously uh, being filled up and rewritten, where it's just listening for all audio and waiting to hear the wake word, right? Like like Alexa in this case. And only when it hears that does it say, okay, great, now I'm going to start transmitting um, the rest of this information to Amazon servers so it can be processed and understood as to what did this user ask me to do. I might've might missed some of the minor details there as to when that exactly crosses over. But I think that addresses the, the, the really good privacy concern that you brought up of like, is it always listening to me? Yes, it is. But the nuance is that it's uh, apparently not transmitting all the time. So it's not like Amazon, you know, like Jeff Bezos can just like open up a line, and be like, oh, let me see what's going on here. Um, now, granted, that's the way it currently is as far as people can tell. I think it's probably like an eternal vigilance sort of thing. That I'm sure people are doing that are like just leaving them there and seeing if like is there like a firmware update that comes that yeah. changes that fact right? I uh, I hope there's people watching for that sort of thing because we we do need to keep these companies honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even with a short buffer, even if it's not recording a lot or or ever broadcasting the uh, the uh, a lot of the the audio up, it could still be looking for certain keywords and just you know setting a bit every time a certain keyword gets set, and then the next time it it does broadcast something, it just says hey this this is the list of things in our list of, of stuff that this person talked about. It's possible. I'm not saying they do it, but it's, it's possible. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I think it's one of those things where you know you have to look to experts on this who, who like try to hack and, and look into these and see exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I also think there's some measure of uh, faith and trust in the brands. Like, how do yeah. you feel yeah. about Amazon and, and what they would and wouldn't do? Uh, same with Google, uh, same with Apple, um, which I think disadvantages some of the other ones that are trying to come up, like uh, Samsung's Bixby Personally, I don't know that, that I trust that one too well. Even if I remove malicious intent, I still think incompetence comes into play. Um, and since we don't have folks on the show, uh, I feel kind of awkward about Facebook, who's rumored to be doing a similar sort of thing and coming up with a device. I don't, I don't know that I feel quite okay, given their, their company and how it works. And that's just my own personal opinion, right? That's not to... Uh, like besmirch a lot of these. It's just more like, how do I feel about this relationship, right? Where yeah, things like this white paper that Apple has on Face ID and how much they have fought um, to make to make it the case that they literally don't have access to your data when they can avoid it, right? Because they're like, yeah, we don't care about that, but we want to sell you shiny things, right? Like our relationship is you give us money, we give you nice things. And that's very clear and crisp and, and understandable as opposed to other companies where you might wonder like, yeah, maybe if I do mention uh huggies diapers randomly i'll be like oh my god every website i go to now has advertisements for huggies diapers yeah (laughs) right and that's it feels really weird and creepy and annoying nothing else especially if you don't have a kid yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right should we move on to pics Sure. Would you like to go first, or shall I go first? How did you go for it, Tim? All right, so my pick this week is um, our friend of the show and sometimes host, Tammy Coron and Chris Language, who are hosting dayoftheindie.com, have uh, worked on a tutorial called Monster Truck AR, which is using augmented reality and scene kit to build a four-wheel drive monster truck that you can race around on the floor of your house. Um, and in advance of that, they've published the app to the app stores, so if you have a device that's capable of doing uh, augmented reality, I think yours, your seven can, right, Harme? But
2: yep, my seven um, plus can. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my six can't. So I, I had to. I, I ran this on the iPhone eight at, at the office there. Yeah, it's kind of a cool little app, and we were playing around with it on the on the floor and uh, in the office. It doesn't you know doesn't detect any objects in your or obstacles in your in its space, but uh, but it's as if you're driving around on, on the on the table or on the floor. Um, got a couple of gears, and you and you drive it by tilting the uh your your device and putting it in gear and off you go so have a look at that and so the tie into the day of the indie is that uh this um monster truck app will be a tutorial that you'll be able to do following along with the fine folks over at day of indie that's cool Cool.
2: yeah yeah this looks so it looks like you can set up like a like you can set a track or something using these barrels because i yeah i don't think tammy has these actual barrels sitting in her her backyard patio no no no
0: no no. the radioactive (laughs) barrels i don't i would think not (laughs) right I think they represent the start of the course and you can sort of like, you know, race around the patio. I think that maybe what the screenshots are from. Um, yeah. You race, race around and do all that kind of stuff.
2: This looks pretty neat and is right on point with the theme in that monster trucks, you know, they tend to be used in, in interesting environments where it's like, all right, well, let's see what it's like on this dirt road. Oh, okay, cool. What, what is it like on this this other thing, like going over a river or something? So being able to take this and, you know, use this like in your backyard uh, or out on a hike or something would be, would be rather fun. And the fact that they uh, got an upcoming tutorial. It sounds like um, yeah. is something to check out because I'm curious if like how they did some of um, some of these things. Like I know you mentioned AR Kit, and that makes a lot of sense for the interaction here. But I wonder how some of the stuff was created, like the the games side of tools, right? Like uh, the 3D modeling, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that'll be neat to, to check out.
1: So as a, as a sort of related aside, uh, I opened this uh, link on my desktop and went to the normal Safari iTunes preview, which is great, right? Yeah, just yeah. like normal. And and, and then I wanted to look for that button that says "View in App Store," so I can go right. to the App Store and look at it. And it's and there is none yeah, because yeah. you can't look at it in the App Store. I'm still disappointed about that.
2: Oh, you mean on on through uh, so in iTunes? You mean? Like yeah, I want yeah, to desktop. open up
1: the normal right. iTunes App Store, or you know, I'd like to have some way of looking at apps yeah. on the desktop, and uh, can do it.
0: Well, that reminds me too. Uh, there's a, there's a feature too. That a couple of things. One is that uh, we were talking last week about um, not being able to put ad hoc apps onto your devices, and uh, so what you can do in that case is if you've updated to iPhone or sorry, so iTunes twelve point seven, I think is the version. Um, it removes the the apps uh, choice from your iTunes app but you can still see the device there and you can drag a, a ad hoc IPA from the desktop and into your device on the sidebar there. And it'll, it'll highlight as if you drag in a piece of music over and then you'll be able to drop the the thing on there. But what I want uh, okay. to say about this, okay. what I want to say, yeah. So I don't know if you've tried that yet or not, but I, I tried it at the office. It's funny. It didn't work on one Mac, but it worked on another one and we can't figure out why there's no difference. Same phone, same cable, same account. In fact, logged in with, um yeah. So, but, but what I want to say about it was interesting about this uh thing is if, if you, and if you you can, folks can try this at home uh, when you get the link is if um, you go to this app on the app store, Tammy was telling me about, uh, cause I sort of said to her, well, this is great but I can't put it on my iPhone six. If I go to the link on my iPhone six plus, um, I don't have the capabilities to do AR on it. And uh, so there's a, there's a bit that, that they can put, I guess in the entitlements or somewhere like that, um, that people aren't talking about, but you can put that uh, bit in your app. And so when you submit it to the app store, it uh, Says right on the on the page, like I can't download this to the iPhone six plus, and it says there's a banner that says this. Oh, I, sorry, I took a screenshot for Tammy. Let me show it to you here. Uh, it says you know this won't run on this device, and and Apple prevents prevents you from grabbing it from the App Store. Things so. that make you say, hmm. anyway, so that's that's kind of cool, and that's uh, she was saying that there's a, a feature in in Sprite Kit that you can do, or I guess but AR Kit that you can you can set it to automatically uh, notify the user that they can't, so they can't even buy the app if if they don't have a device. Capable of it,
1: cool. Eh? Is yeah. it just something that goes in the required device capabilities and in the? Info yeah, I, I, not,
0: like she didn't exactly say where it was, but there, but there is something in the app. Uh, we can follow up with with uh, Tammy and and uh, have a follow up link next week. But just I just thought it'd be interesting if if you're out there scratching your head, going, "Well, how do I prevent people from paying you know dollar ninety nine or whatever it is for this app to uh, and then
2: give it one star reviews because they can't actually use it?
0: Yeah, because it doesn't work for them. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Crop.
2: Yeah, it's probably one of those things. Like I remember you could say like requires front facing camera or rear facing camera. I remember which it was and that's how you would differentiate between some version of the iPod and the iPhones. I think Mm -hmm, I vaguely mm -hmm, remember something like that and and maybe it's like a requires AR kit or something as an entitlement Um, which as an aside because you mentioned the the one star reviews Mark. uh, Am I the only one who noticed and maybe it's just because I was uh, the release marshal uh, at work. uh, It became my turn um, to do a release and I realized that we now have the option or at least I just realized we have the option to reset or not reset App Store ratings when you uh, when you publish, I've been lo- waiting for that since they announced it at WWDC for a long time, and it's finally come true. Oh, I had this Great, yeah, yeah. They 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 put it on iTunes Connect as like, oh, now you have the option, or now you have the ability to reset ratings. I'm like, mm, I always had that ability. I just had to upload a new version. <laughs> what I didn't have is the ability to prevent that from happening. <laughs> right. So interesting marketing spin, but uh, a much appreciated feature nevertheless in iTunes Connect.
1: Mm-hmm. And another thing I just noticed when I went to the... App Store on my phone to look for the app. Is that uh, there's a new update for our favorite app, Black Box, which has a new puzzle.
0: Yes, I noticed. That. I got that out. I I, just, I looked at that last week, but I haven't haven't figured it out yet. Oh, I didn't even know it was there. It uh, Just came not. out came out a yeah. couple of days ago. Yeah, so we'll all have to hit the black box and figure that one out. That's something to do with the camera, you think? Yeah, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is the one with a really cool uh, pattern.
1: Yeah, there's these. It's a. It looks like it's a white background with a bunch of black boxes that are very close to each other. So thin border yeah but as you move the camera around the size of the of the boxes get smaller
0: right it's kind of it's kind of like you're seeing the you're seeing the app or the background filtered through it right yeah so i had yeah. a theory about this let me try my theory will it will it float
1: hmm. no spoilers
0: i don't know man <laughs> i don't know so, so tricksy that, that Ryan Ryan guy. All right. Uh, so Jaime, you have a pick, don't you? I do. It's
2: called um, QuickType at quicktype.io. Oh yeah, that's cool. It's an online tool as well as apparently a locally installable tool via um, NPM that you can use to put in example JSON and have it generate the code equivalent of that. So as an example, you might want to see, well, what is a Spotify album JSON uh, as they use it in one of the examples? What would that look like if you were to render something that could parse that. And you can choose Swift 4 and it will choose, yep, a codable enabled uh, Swift 4. And you can compare with, let's say, Swift 3, which they also offer and be like, holy smokes, look at all these guardlets. That's crazy. I can't believe we, we lived like animals like that before Swift 4 became available.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they, they have week. other languages too, like uh, Java, C Sharp, uh, Elm, um, TypeScript, Go, which is uh, something I'm interested in, in checking out, uh, Golang. Uh, and it's just really neat because this is so Sort of closer to what I've been wanting for a while, where, you know, with something like protocol buffers, which we've mentioned on the show before, um, a binary uh, based communication um, format, as opposed to JSON, which is as textually based. The nice thing about protobufs is that you can define a schema to say, hey, th- this is, w-, you know, generically what this concept is of this uh, Spotify album or this book or this user, and so on and so forth. And then you can have the machine generate um, using tools you can have it generate the, what would the parsing code be like for Objective-C, for Python or, you know, Java or Kotlin or whatever, right? The, it, it's nice because it's like, look, I, I don't really want to write all this boilerplate code. Uh, as nice as Swift 4 and Codable is, I kind of don't want to write that myself, right? Like I want to have something that's like, look, this class, this copyright class, you know, it's text. You know, this thing is, is a string. You know, this other thing is a double. You know, this other thing is an int uh, or you can infer it. So at least having something that can get you most of the way there, I think we'll remove a lot of the uh, monotony of that we sometimes run into when we're dealing with uh, JSON-based APIs. So I thought this was pretty cool. I, I haven't tried it myself uh, to see like you know what are the corner cases with this, but at the very least, this saves me a lot of typing.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Like I, I, like you said, the, just the example between switching between Swift four and Swift three uh, makes a huge difference. Just as far as that goes, it doesn't have uh, Objective C though. Hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, you can subscribe to their mailing list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and yeah. they'll let you know when new features available and languages come. But right or old, now, it's, or old
0: features, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Right now, it's TypeScript, Go, C Sharp, Java, Elm, Swift three and four simple types, which I have no clue what that is, and schema, which I think is probably JSON schema. Yeah, that looks like JSON
0: schema. Yeah, I think so. That's a cool tool. Yeah. But is it only, only for JSON? Like, yeah, I guess so, right?
2: As far as I know, I mean, uh, maybe they'll extend it to do other things, but this is tooling that we've we've not had so far. And this, by the way, I should mention, this came to my attention because I follow uh, Chris Lattner.
0: Right. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Formerly of Apple and Tesla, now at Google, uh, creator of the uh, Swift language. And uh, I have this tweet here that we'll put in the show notes. Uh, he says, looks like a cool tool to define types from JSON examples. Like, oh, so it's Chris Lattner approved.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least he mm-hmm. didn't
2: see anything obviously wrong with the Swift it generated. So I felt like that guy had a seal of approval there. <laughs> right,
1: Right. He's at Google now. I
0: didn't know that.
2: Yeah. He ended up in one of the AR uh, departments, Google brain, I think maybe he ended up in.
0: Hmm. How did you not know that? How did I not was, know that? Yeah. It was, could it have been an episode he wasn't on? Jaime? Possibly. Huh?
2: I could have smart Mark. I could have sworn you were on that episode, Mark. I'm, I'm, I'm see, Tim, this is why I wish we had a fact checker for this show because then we could have somebody <laughs> <laughs> answer the follow up for us. <laughs>
0: yeah. We used to have one. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, I guess that's it. We'll, uh, we'll carry on in the after show. Um, so, hey, Jaime, if you want people want to get a hold of you on the interwebs, how would they do that?
2: Best way is on Twitter. I'm at dev with a hair.
0: And Mark, how can people get in touch with you? Mark R at snapsoft.com. I'm Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter. That's the best way to get a hold of me. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc_podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out the details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.
1: So have you watched uh, episode two of Star Trek yet?
2: Yes. Um, I, I threw down my money for CBS All Access. So, so I got a chance to watch it, uh, watch both episodes on the first day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I liked the first episode. I, I haven't uh, signed up for CBS All Access, though. I don't know if I'm going to. I probably won't. I think it's not going to last that long that uh, they keep it uh,
2: exclusive. So you're, you're holding out for like, all right, somewhere, you know, a month or two in, they'll realize this horrible mistake and yeah. put it on CBS broadcast.
1: Or, or on Netflix or something thing. Yeah, probably. I guess probably the regular uh, network. Yeah, yeah, it's really a, it's really a dumb move. I think. I mean, everybody's already paying for you know Netflix or Roku or something or Hulu or whatever. Nobody's going to pay just to
2: get. Well, except for you.
1: <laughs> Nobody's going to pay just to get to right. yes that one show. How much does it cost per month?
2: Oh, this is wonderful. So for the princely sum of five ninety nine a month, I get to stream with ads, mind you. And their ad buying network is not as good for um for streaming, just like it typically tends to be like with Hulu and other things. So um, I tend to see the same ads <laughs> throughout the entire episode. It'd be like the same three or four ads multiple times. So it, it gets really annoying. But if I wanted to have an ad-free experience, I'd have to go up to $9.99 a month for CBS All Access.
1: So is it, uh, did you have to sign a contract or is it month to month?
2: month to month. And I guess technically right now I'm still on the the free week trial, but it'll, you know, they ask, they require you to put in your credit card. So they'll just start billing me when the month comes up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have
1: mass cancellations.
2: (laughs) I I feel like that too. Um, You know, I, in terms of, was it a dumb thing or not? Like, well, they, they, they hedge their bets because Netflix is paying a ton of money per episode um, for the distribution rights internationally. And I think CBS sees the writing on the wall that they're kind of in a, a no win situation where Yes, they're still doing okay uh, with broadcast and, um, you know, for a non-millennial and above uh, age range, they're still doing okay. A lot of folks have that. But millennials and below age range are cutting the cord like crazy. So what choice do they have? It's like, well, we need to build a network for CBS because we don't want to go away when our our target base gets old and and dies, right? Um, How do we exist? Like, well, the only property we have, uh, unlike Disney that has all its animation and Star Wars and Marvel, like we literally only have have Star Trek. Um, Let's use this as a a Hail Mary attempt to try to get something going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the solution is simple. They should just make better programming overall, not just Star Trek.
2: (laughs) You know, looking through the catalog of of, of like, all right, what else is available on CBS All Access? And I was aghast. I was like, imagine if you had some weird off-brand version of Netflix and then make that half as good and then put it in the dryer and then make it half as good again, and you would have CBS All Access.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really is that bad, eh?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's totally not worth the five ninety nine a month. If I wasn't so interested in seeing Star Trek Discovery,
1: yeah. So the pilot was really good. I thought it, I thought it was off to a good start. Um,
2: yeah, Tim. For context here, real real quick, he, he's not seen episode two because he didn't sign up. So, oh, okay. no, no right, spoilers for right. Mark Beyond yeah, and, the, and will not and will not sign right, up. Right, right, yeah.
0: It'll be on. It'll be on something eventually soon. I'm sure. Like I was just saying, I think CBS is going to realize
1: their horrendous mistake and put it on <laughs> Netflix or or, or, the, or the regular network. I can't imagine too many people actually signing up for this thing. Just I mean, just for Star Trek. You know,
0: it's, well, it's interesting. Like I, I've, that's my my opinion of Amazon Prime Video. I, I've, I've gone over there a couple of times and found like one movie out of all of the stuff that's on that I would want to watch. Whereas yeah. Netflix, I can. I, there's so much on Netflix. I, I if I turn on Netflix, I would just I wouldn't do anything else but watch, watch Netflix. Right. So yeah,
1: yeah, I have Amazon. So. Prime for just the other benefits of it. Uh, and so I get Amazon Prime Video for free, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I'm already yeah. paid for it and I never use it. I also I get Amazon Prime Music and I never use mm-hmm. it. I have other music, you know. So so if they decided one day to break out the video and music and charge for it in a, separately, Amazon, I, th- there was no way in hell I would ever pay for it. So right, I, right. I, I kind of see CBS Video as sort of the same kind of thing. You know, it's, I already pay for Netflix, I already pay for cable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might be one thing if I were cutting the cord completely, and and the only way I could get CBS at all would be through the service. But I don't know. I mean, even at six bucks a month it seems kind of high, even for that. I don't know.
0: So, Mark, you were talking last week. I just want to follow up on on uh, you mentioned dark dark matter, but we didn't really talk about it much. Oh yeah, um, yeah about the cancellation of that right yeah I was sort of disappointed to hear
1: about that well you yeah know, I, I like the uh, I like the first season a lot that was really good second season you know it was okay but it wasn't nearly as good as the first season uh, and uh, has there been a third season yet I don't even know
0: yeah there's been well the third season was just on this this recently uh. um, I mean you know I could see why you know I, I I like the show I mean I like the premise of the show um, yeah. so I'm, I'm kind of interested in the characters I want to find out what happens to them there's some Plot lines in in the um, in this new one that, that uh, or in this third season that I didn't really like very much, mm. uh, but overall I, I still want to find out what is wrong, what what happened to these people? Why did they, have they got no memory and and they started a new subplot with uh, with the android as well, right? Which is kind of uh, interesting thing. But um, yeah, I've been following the uh, the I guess he's a showrunner um, on uh, on the other podcast and Twitter account there, and uh, he's been posting some stuff about it, and and we talked. About it just now, is he um, they've just broken down the sets, right? So, Jaime, I think, said if they break down the sets, it's pretty much a, a, a sign that they're not coming back, right? Yeah,
2: so. most likely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my contention is that if they hadn't broken down the sets, it becomes possible for there to be enough of a campaign where the original um, channel be like, all right, maybe we'll bring it back then. We'll, we'll give it a try, right? Let's get some advertisers lined up and go with it. Whereas now that they have broken it down, it's like, all right, now whoever might take it over would have to rebuild, which means it has to be. Valid valuable enough to use that investment so now you're looking at netflix and amazon and hulu to say all right we'll get a huge pr bump from like wow we saved this show that people love let's have them come in and give us our nine dollars <laughs> yeah. a month sort of thing yeah I don't yeah know. right maybe, maybe cbs all access will do it <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's interesting to compare and contrast Star Trek, the new Star Trek, uh, with uh, Orville. Have you guys seen that? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we, we're we're we've talked
2: a, a little bit about that, too, funny enough. we uh, just, On your uh, podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About the, the differences between the two. Yeah.
1: Uh, so are you, are you guys up to date on that? Have you been watching all the episodes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're up to date. I mean, it, both of us sort of went into it going, okay, we expected it to be a typical Seth, Mar- you know, with Ted in space kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Or, I, I thought so, or too. Or Peter, Peter uh, yeah, the family guy kind of thing in space or American Dad right and, and here it is almost semi-serious yeah right? except like for dramedy. some wisecracks
1: yeah? every once in a while yeah,
0: yeah which don't fit right uh, <laughs> although I
1: gotta say I, in my opinion the quality has pretty much dropped in every episode the first one was pretty good really second one was hmm. good I thought the last
0: one was pretty awful really yeah uh, why is that just because of the story or because the st- of the-, the
1: story it was you know really preachy really preachy and and i mean I, you know i i agree with the concept they were pushing but but uh it was it was you know just seems like people have been talking about that stuff in star trek you know in other places for a long time already and why was it necessary to
0: redo that whole
1: concept I don't
0: know. Right, right. It, yeah. It, yeah.
2: It just didn't didn't really didn't really do it for
0: me, yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting because yeah, I mean, had the completely opposite up. Op- <laughs> oh, really? Of his, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like,
2: I think this is one that that would be like it's written for an Emmy sort of thing. Where, uh, I guess between comparing and contrasting the two shows, I feel like the Orville is sort of the spiritual successor to TNG. Now, granted, it's um blue collar folks in space as opposed to you know philosophers in space that, that TNG was. Um, so it has a little bit of that, that Seth MacFarlane thing uh, thrown into the mix, whereas Discovery for Star. Star Trek is really more the spiritual successor to the J.J. J. Abrams Star Trek 2009 films. Uh, it fits in that pattern a little bit more in terms of lineage.
0: Hmm. I was going to ask you guys in the after show. Oh, so iOS 11, iSierra, iPhone 8s. What have you guys tried out?
1: I've got iOS 11 on my main phone. Mm-hmm. No issues. Really? Yeah. Uh, have you seen issues with
0: it? Yeah. S- some rotation issues when I rotate the rotate the screen uh, does sort of, you know, that, that sort of black boxy weird, um, um, yeah, like I'm just rotating. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the springboard and I'm just rotating it. And it's kind of doing this weird black box. On what device? On the iPhone 6 Plus. But it could be because of the oh. 6 Plus, right? Because yeah. it's got that, that special split screen view. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, too, is if, I, if I'm in an app, like, suppose, like open Twitter or Note Taker, some sort of note app or whatever that requires the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the key when I switch back and forth using fast switching, the the space where the keyboard occupies is white, right? And eventually the keyboard will come up, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So let me uh, let me see if I can find an example of this. But I should uh, share my screen with you guys while
2: you're looking for that. I will answer your question. So I have iOS 11, uh, 0. .0. I don't haven't put the point one or point oh one update that came recently. Mm-hmm. I have iOS 11 on my primary phone and my iPad Pro. It's on my 7 Plus, my iPad Pro. Generally, no issues, uh, except I have seen a weird rotation bug on my iPad Pro a couple times. Um, not often enough for me to figure out what was causing it or how to reproduce it. Um, I might have seen something going on with my Bluetooth headphones, but I can't, I can't tell for sure um, mm-hmm. because maybe my headphones are just getting um, old or the charge might be kind of low on them. So I, I need to Recharge them and, and see if it isn't if it isn't running into some sort of Bluetooth connectivity issue, which uh, I would point out would probably be non related to AirPods, because I've I've got coworkers who are definitely on eleven and definitely have AirPods, and I've not heard any complaints from them.
1: Yeah, I was actually very happy to see that that the update didn't break my Bluetooth connectivity in my car, which has been an issue before whenever I updated versions of iOS. So I'm Not going to, I haven't seen any issues yet, which probably means I'll see one first thing tomorrow. But,
0: uh, <laughs> but I as, as your yet. phone slides off the roof of your car, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It smashes into a million bits. Yeah. And it, I mean, there and there are times when I tap things on the phone, or like where this, it seems like un, unresponsive for a number of seconds. You know, maybe half a second or whatever. I guess. Uh, but yeah like I'll tap on a, like a to switch between accounts and Twitter or something like that. I'll tap on a, a button and it doesn't necessarily tap on the button multiple times. And eventually it'll catch up and run five commands. Cause I've t- 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 tapped five buttons, you know, sort of thing.
2: <laughs> so let me ask, how long have you had iOS 11
0: on that device? Uh, like, uh, well, I tweeted when I was going in. I was, uh, what, a few days ago? Three or four days ago? Three or four days ago.
2: Okay, so within the yeah. week. So I yeah. have this I think. hypothesis. Um, Different versions
0: of iOS 11?
2: Well, no, I've, I vaguely noticed that somewhere along the way, whenever Apple started doing a lot more uh, on-device indexing and stuff, probably when they added the, the revamped Spotlight search on uh, on the phone uh, on iOS, it seemed like when you would upgrade iOS, it would be churning in the background or something. Um, for about a week, I don't know processing oh, really? faces and yeah. photos and that that sort of thing, and the battery usage would be kind of poor during that week, and then magically get better uh, without right. updating, you know, to newer versions of iOS. And right, right. I've seen this complaint for the past several years, at, at least two or three in a row. Uh, I've seen people complaining about it this year, and have been able to tell them like, hey, just just wait it out for a little bit; it might get better <laughs> uh, after it stops doing that. Um, I've never seen anybody from Apple specifically address this, and I think they've said like, oh, uh, it it only does this, you know, when you're charging, you're not using it and it's charging at night, but Hey, if there's a bug somewhere, um, where it's doing this during the day, I could see how, um, you might see battery usage go down mysteriously because it's like actually doing stuff in the background, uh, when it hypothetically shouldn't be. And I could also see that you might end up with some weird stuttering as there's, um, contention for processor resources or something. So since you've only had it uh, a few days, I wonder if, you know, after day seven, somewhere, you know, closer to day 10, I wonder if you'll see a difference. I don't really know of any good scientific way to test that because I don't know how dependent it might be on how old is your account and what kinds of things you have on your phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, sure it would be nice if somebody could set up that sort of test, though.
0: Well, I can tell you that um, I mean, I have things going back to the very first phone on my phone that I've just because the same profile has been used to carry forward. Okay, so I, four days ago, I said I'm installing iOS 11. I've had it four days exactly.
2: Yeah, and I've had mine since day one. So and Sunday, yes. I didn't really really notice any, um, any battery usage problems, but I wasn't really keeping a, a watch out for them either, right? Because I kind of expected that it would be there.
0: The battery's actually been more or less the same. It hasn't, like, like you know, I do have to charge. It used to be that the battery would last me a long time. Like, I, I could get through the entire day without the battery on, but lately I've been finding that, you know, around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I have to think about juicing it up because, you know, it might run out of juice by the time I get home sort of thing, right?
2: Well, let's separate that out then again,
0: But then again, I'm at the office all day, so it may be Switching back and forth between, you know, Wi-Fi and LTE and Wi-Fi and LTE as I move around the office too, right? Which would chew up time plus motion sensor running, eating up battery, right? But it's, but I would say that I haven't noticed any difference in battery performance between iOS 10 and iOS 11. I'd say it's more or less the same, but I had heard that some people were complaining about battery usage, right? Yeah. And I wonder, there's always people complaining about battery usage though, in every, every single update. Yeah. And well, Oops, hopefully right? they, should, they should start a podcast and complain about it too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's why I'm like hypothesizing what it could be. Uh, assuming it's not just, Oh, people are crazy. Um, yeah. Or, or they're completely misunderstanding. It's like, obviously your battery's not as good. You've been using all these darn AR apps for the last 10 hours <laughs> that yeah, you wouldn't yeah. normally do. Right? Like, yes, you're doing something processor intensive. You're, you're tapping through every screen to try to see what new features there are, you know, all sorts of things that would change your normal interaction. Assuming it's not that um, I'm thinking the background processing, um, indexing sort of thing. It feels like a good candidate for a, this is why it seems to be about a week ish in my, in my experience that if it's going to show something bad in terms of performance, it's probably during that time. And then it mysteriously gets better about a week later. Oh, Oh, This is the wrong show, but I think this came out in the first episode. Mark, did you see uh, Ensign Daft Punk here in the first episode? I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, she yeah, showed Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed him. What, 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 or her? When was that? Uh, I it think showed?
2: it was in the first episode. Um, if it's in the second episode that she shows up, uh, she's not a major character, so it doesn't really matter. It's more of an interesting background. Uh, character. No,
1: I, don't, I don't think I did see her. In okay. Star Trek, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. no.
2: Okay. Okay, well, the least is not really a spoiler because there's nothing really, they're not like a main character or anything. But uh, the internet has picked up on this project. Person on the the subreddits have been picking up on this character. It, it, she actually has an official name that apparently comes from the um, the novelization of, I assume, Star Trek Discovery's um, mm-hmm. pilot. But uh, informally on the internet, she's known as Ensign Daft Punk because she looks right. like she belongs yeah, right. in yeah. Daft Punk uh, the band, right? Um, I think this is kind of similar to how the internet picked up on um, that one stormtrooper from The Force Awakens, the one that has the the tonfa like baton sort of thing that he he says traitor and he fights Finn. Um, even though he didn't have any official designation, as far as I know, people have called him, uh, TR eight R for traitor. That's one of those things that uh, <laughs> if you're going to see Star Trek discovery memes on the internet, I'm pretty sure it's going to be somehow related to this character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at this right now. I'm like, Oh man, wouldn't it be so great to Photoshop some sort of iOS screen on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the iPhone 10 series too, you know, <laughs> with integrated face ID. Right. Right. Like, 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 <laughs> They can't steal your, they can't use your
0: face to unlock your iPhone if they can't see your face. <laughs> Is that what it says? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. When you to see Roger Waters on Monday. Oh, ah. right. Yeah. Apparently he's got a new album out, which I have to listen to apparently. I don't know if you've heard any of that. And then I'm going to see uh, Blade Runner on the Thursday, the 5th. Yeah. So get your tickets now while their seats are good. I've
2: got to watch the original again, and I don't actually know which version I should watch because there's like 20 of them.
0: You should watch the latest director's cut because they they did uh, they they redid all the audio. Um, I saw that in the theater actually um, about three years ago. Um, it was, they had a one night only kind of pro, uh, showing of it, and mm-hmm. like right off the the very first sound you hear is the thump, you know, kind of thing. And it's in gorgeous Dolby sound. It sounds great. So
2: and which version of this? Because there's like a ultimate director's cut. This turbo. is the, the
0: this is the last one. I have it on YouTube. Hang on, or I have it on iTunes. Let me just have a look. Because I have I have all the versions. I have the uh, the I had an original Laserdisc that we made a copy of at one point. But have you read the book? Yes, I've read the book, of Oh, yeah. oh yeah.
1: yeah. This is one where I, I can't recommend necessarily reading the book over. The book is
0: completely different. It's, yeah. so, it's so different. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. As much as I'm a fan of the author, Philip K. Dick, uh, and I really like all his stuff. But right? but it's yeah. just a whole different experience. The movie.
0: So the version you want of Blade Runner is called The Final Cut. The fine. <laughs> and the same does not go for the Pink Floyd album.
1: That's the one you don't want. <laughs> yeah, don't deal with that one. Yeah, yeah, well, unless of you're one.
0: a real Pink Floyd fan. Yeah, no, no that's a Roger Waters fan. That.
1: So I saw Steve Winwood a couple of weeks ago.
0: How was that? And yeah, we talked about that it,
1: it was it was really good. He didn't yeah. play anything new. Actually, there were no new songs. Right. The the most the newest song was was probably four or five years old. A lot of traffic stuff. A lot of yeah. uh, a lot of Spencer. Well, not a lot, but the two Spencer Davis songs that you know. Uh, he mm-hmm, played. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played a couple of Blind Faith songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really really good. I mean, that there was not much of his solo stuff at all. He played uh, uh, Higher Love, uh, right, and, right, uh, and a couple of other solo songs, but. For the most part, it was it was mostly traffic and blind faith and Spencer Davis. It was mm. really really good. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a short show. Uh, he had an opening band, which turned out to be his daughter playing just solo guitar and singing. Oh, and nice! Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, she was she was good enough. She was she was fine. Yeah. Um, you know, not something you'd necessarily go to on its own, yeah. but you know, but it was okay. Uh, the but the downside of that was it made his main show a little bit shorter than I felt it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 he could have you know there were there were a few songs that he could have played, uh, and you would have thought, yeah, that, that's a the sense. It have mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but it was still, it was overall a great show.
0: I told you, I, was, I went and saw the Yes cover band did I tell you? You did, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah did we yeah, talk about that last yeah. week? I can't remember.
1: I don't think we did actually. Uh, I knew that you went. You told me beforehand that you were going, but I don't think we talked about it. What, I, what did I tell
0: So, well, I, what I discovered is I'm not a huge Trevor Rabin fan. Did I tell you that? Yeah.
1: No, no. <laughs> I, I, I sort of suspected that might happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well... The song it, selection definitely was skewed towards the later stuff. You know, the, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: his approach to playing stuff is is different than than Steve Howe because he sure. he didn't yeah. pick up an acoustic guitar the whole night, right? Right. Um, right. And he doesn't play a, you know, he plays a like a Fender style guitar, not a hollow bodied um, jazz guitar like like uh, right. Steve Howe plays. Right. right? So right. so the approach is different. So okay, that that granted, he didn't try to be Steve Howe, which is good, right? So yep. from that point of view, very very you know, and his his solos were more power solos than then you know against yep. steve Howe style right yeah a little bit uh, more
1: flash and pyrotechnics than, than yeah. yeah yeah so
0: that was yep. good the bass player was really good young guy and the drummer yeah really he was good too the drummer was yep. more of a jazz drummer sort of like almost like bill bruford was back in the day right so yep. less less alan white who's a power drummer right um but yeah it was interesting it was it was lighter it was it wasn't as i mean it was like when yes plays at massey hall they don't really turn it up soup to to 11 they play it like maybe eight or nine so it was good that way you yeah, and it's always good to see John Anderson do this stuff, but uh, Rick Wakeman was, was really good. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see him. Um, did they and, walk
1: around the audience? Yeah. To, yeah, around they
0: did, about yeah. They did that yeah. for, for uh, owner of a lonely heart. Yeah. They did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah yeah yeah, you're right. think, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: It was, and it was, it ended early. It ended around 10 o'clock. Right. So, uh, so they played like maybe two hours, two and a, two and a half hours, maybe. Uh-huh. So yeah, normally they would go like right till 11, which is when the unions get to shut them down. Right. So, um, but that was, that was uh was interesting so yep. yeah so it was it, it was okay like you said it's it's more like a cover band than yes right <laughs> you know. well you
1: know it's it's hard to say who's more of the cover band now the, the
0: that's uh, true. Steve howe
1: version or the arw version
0: that's true it's true I mean, there's
1: more there's more original members in this version than steve howe version now. that's true well i guess it's uh, i guess it's not more it's the same number if you consider the original version to well he's got steve steve howe one. and alan white and who alan white, white. who
0: is not really a well he's a, he's the second or third drummer right um, Yeah, and then who else and,
1: he, and he's got jeff downs but oh jeff downs joined, right he joined way later
0: yeah and then, uh, uh and then uh the um, bass player billy sherwood is that his name Sher- bass yeah player? billy Bill sherwood yeah yeah yeah
1: he's really good but he's you know he's not a squire
0: yeah, it's a different yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And John Davidson is not running
0: No, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. But they're both good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I went and saw John Anderson with Jean Luc Ponty, and that was like seeing a, a yes version of Jean Luc Ponty, right? Right. They, they did right. every second song they did was was an was a, an Anderson song of some type. He even did with with Jean Luc Ponty. He did one of the he did that famous you know Mister Cairo song. Uh, remember the, the when when John Anderson went and had a solo career for about five minutes? Yeah, in the late seventies or late eighties, I guess. Right or no, right, late seventies, I guess. Yeah, but that was yeah. so, that was good. Yeah. And it's so, funny.
1: are you going to the uh, the G three tour? Are they coming to Toronto?
0: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know they were coming. Oh, you know what's interesting? Um, I just saw this on. I was working with Strombo on his website the other day, and he he had a link on there that I'd never heard of before, but it's a Ticketmaster thing where you can sign up, like Robert Plant is coming through again, right? And like, and the Robert Plant tickets sell out in like 30 seconds, like less than 30 seconds, right? So what Ticketmaster is doing now, and maybe it's fair, I don't know, but they're having you sign up ahead of time. To enter a lottery to to get an opportunity to buy tickets, hmm. rather than you know the everybody buys almost like what Apple does, right? Where you want to go see mm-hmm. this particular concert, you put your name in in the hat, and then if your name gets selected, you get to buy the ticket, and then you know if you don't, then it goes on to the next guy, right? Like oh. you have it, there's a, like a time limit to how how quickly you have to buy the ticket, right? So so they pull they pull and it's not you know like so they're pulling the names out of the hat on on Friday, and then so I'll, if I get it, I get a text message saying here's my link. To go and buy the ticket. now when you consider how, I, yeah, because yeah, I don't know about you, but like I'm finding it's harder and harder to get tickets to concerts these days, right? Like, especially yeah, a lot if,
1: of times you have to go to StubHub or something like that and pay a lot, yeah,
0: pay time. extra money, yeah. And and yes. what burns my butt is StubHub is owned by Ticketmaster, mm. right? So they're getting paid for for handling the ticket twice, right?
2: Yeah, I think they own Live Nation too, right? Do they're they? There. Oh yeah, yep, perfect. Yep. Yeah, they they yep. own everything. So
0: why doesn't Trump do well, yeah. something about that? <laughs> well, wait it's too worried about the wait, NFL. Wait, wait till some true. like
2: Canadian company tries to buy Ticketmaster and see what yes. happens. Or a <laughs> Chinese company. Well, yeah.
0: wasn't it? Wasn't it? A, so I think one, I think Live Nation was a Canadian company at one point. I'm sure it was started by one of the guys here, like Andrew Lloyd Webber or something like that. You know, you guys still don't know the history of that. I thought it was no. a
1: Canadian no. thing.